You are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I'm here with Ben, or if I can say it right, Quo on the Discord. Is that correct, Ben? That's right. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, good to be here. So, listeners, uh, Ben is one of my locals. Um, probably occasionally see him on like the Across the Bifrost Discord, um, that sort of thing. Um, but just been excited. This is actually my seventh podcast in a row with a doing a guest that I've never podcasted with before. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, getting some new f- fresh blood. Yeah. I just like bringing in all sorts of different people from the community. Um, but what basically what Ben and I are going to do this episode, we're going to kind of talk about um, playing affiliations in kind of less traditional ways. I haven't even decided what I'm naming this episode yet. But I'm going to do a shout out to Pat from ATB back like probably like a year and a half. No, more than a year and a half, maybe two years ago at this point. He and I were talking and like his one criticism of myself was that I was viewing things a little bit too much of like, this is the way that you play this affiliation. And this is the way that you play that one. And maybe to a certain extent, it was kind of true back then. But definitely, as we've gotten all these additional models and stuff, there are more than one way to play affiliations. Um, and it was definitely something I took to heart at the time and tried to examine things. Um, and now it's it's 100% true. And I still think there's some affiliations where people are maybe stuck in the old ways. Um, like just a shout out to um, Mike DeLuca and Deaton, um, both doing well with Web Warriors. And they've switched to doing pay to flips as two of their secures, oh. which... Like Deaton just won an event with it. Like Bug Eater is a fairly large qualifier. And this is contrary to common like conception about how Web Warriors would be played. Like it was actually Web Warriors are bad on pay to flips. And maybe that stemmed from Deadly Meteors being the first pay to flip. And that one's still not great for them, but they like spider portals and uh, mutant madmen. And it's actually playing very well for the way that they're playing Web Warriors. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they have a lot of mobility powers. Um, the the displacement is almost just as good on pay to flips. It's yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, when you when you think about it, is like web warriors want to play this kind of muted power game where opponents don't have as much power for spenders and crazy superpowers and stuff like that. They just kind of have to play this very crisis oriented game, and that's actually that's actually quite good for webs in most cases. So, but um. But I just wanted to use that one as kind of an example. Um, but Ben, you have this really cool cabal plan that you've been uh, that you've been playing, and it's really exciting to me. And I kind of want to try it out myself. Do you want to give the listeners kind of a rundown of what your cabal shenanigans are? Yeah, um, I have a, a similar bent to that, uh, where I am leveraging the cabal's kind of mobility powers to do beta flips well. Um, and to uh, kind of uh, scam a little bit with extracts with Mystique as well, um, going second, get deceptioning people in and uh, killing an extract holder to try to get a um, slightly more brutal objective steal going. Um, so let's let's break that down for just a minute because I didn't quite grasp it fully until I saw it in action. So like your first activation would be that Red Skull teleports mystique range two forward so now she's within range four of anyone who moves up on the center extract like uh, the middle cube or the middle spider they are automatically in deception range but also if you don't go up and take it she can just walk up and grab it and walk away yeah definitely if they don't have somebody that can um go to the middle and then run back uh that's a very reliable way of uh getting the center extract yeah, for sure. So what does that what does a team uh for some situation like that look like on the table? So typically uh Zemo is kind of the um one of the reasons that I I, I built the list uh yeah. most Zemo's just, the man. Yeah. Um he can kill while moving to do pay to flips in scenarios. He just <laughs> Uh, he, he, he loses almost no output from having to move around. Um, so he is just, uh, incredible under Red Skull because the spender, 
you can just use all the time and get a power back and have the power to interact with things. Um, so it, it just uh, Zemo uh, in a in a Red Skull list just is constantly moving around and doing objective things while killing people. Um, it's 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 honestly absurd for three threat. Um, yeah, like there's times where you can just like, oh, I'll spend her this guy for six dice, move medium, and then charge, and now I'll be on a different D, you know, interacting and killing someone over there. Yeah, uh, and he can do that, and he also does the synergy with the reroll bubble where um, you can just – if somebody is trying to uh, check you with like – they don't think you have the damage check uh, to – down one of their characters that's almost never true when zemo is in the list you just (laughs) like uh, especially with that deception play if you um move mystique forward into zemo range and pull them in with deception she can usually shoot four shots at them with one reroll so uh just just that takes down a lot of characters um so that that particular play is you know situational usually uh like uh, going second style of play um, that I do with uh, with, with Mystique. You, you can just go like grab it with Toad versus in a lot of lists. You know, yeah. splash a splash a Toad and just it, that, that's safe enough, and you don't have to put all the setup into it. And that that frees up your Red Skull to not do a teleport, which lets him R and D advance R and D power over to uh, all your charging models, which lets you start making attacks immediately, just all over the board. Yeah, I like that a lot. Toad is Toad is a man. Toad's a rock star. Yeah, uh, it it's, feels strange to not put like Toad plus uh, either Bullseye or Rocket in a list, uh, and like in Cabal, obviously you're gonna put Bullseye. But uh, Toad Toad is it, it. It's very strange that Toad doesn't improve a list greatly a roster. Okay, right, so. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, what else would you usually run in this in this cabal style like crisis oriented play? So yeah, whenever I'm doing sort of a run and gun strategy uh, like this, I I, pl- I usually run uh, bullseye for hit and run um, for the efficiency. Um, I splash Black Panther, who um, does that style of play extremely well with pounce. Just move yep. long, pounce, knock somebody off an objective. You know I'm in the Black the Panther club, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Toad is very good at it uh, as a splash character. Um, Mystique just being an affiliation uh, makes it... Um, Mystique is kind of the... She doesn't really fit into the running gun, you know, like play style herself. It's just that yeah. deception... Uh, is kind of like my replacement for having a black cat or a voodoo in the list where, um, you know, like that yeah. objective steal um, can just be done by killing the character with exception. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the cool things. I think people often forget that you can use, um, you can use kill potential or like damage output threat to scare people out of positioning. It doesn't always have to be about using the damage. And I know some people, you, you want to play murder slot machine. You want to go out there and you want to roll dice. Yeah. But sometimes you're just like, if you come here, you will die. And that's how I play X-23 some of the time where I'm like, she's over here controlling this point. If you don't let me make any attacks, that's fine. But if you want to come over here and brawl, we'll brawl. For sure. Um, and that seems like Cabal can really do that. They're like, I'm going to take points. But if you come over here, I'm going to fuck your shit up. Yeah, definitely. Mostly because the extra power generation just lets you do all your damaging superpowers and uh, your spender attacks are get way better under Red Skull. Um, just in general. Yeah, Zemo getting to get a power back for a two-cost spender, so it essentially costs one. Yeah, it's it's very similar to the way people are playing X twenty three, sort of like all spenders all the time, and you you can do that with Zemo and Red Skull. Yeah, for sure. Um, and his uh, his range attack is kind of like it's meh, but with its his leadership, you get the power back. Usually, is really solid. So uh, his spender is pretty good, though. Um, I think it is mini spender. I don't. Do we have a term yeah. for like the one cost spender versus? Yeah, his big spender is obviously pretty crazy, but his just his ranged attack. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, his ranged attack is not particularly great. It does not get a ton of use. The uh, the set power, um, 
we, we don't have a good term for it. I don't think in the community. I'm, I'm not, yeah. sh- I'm not sure if we do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, it, it's a pretty solid, like at least it kind of like ends up making it kind of zero cost. So it's all, and it has sap. So it's, it is, it's definitely not the worst. Um, so, so um, that, that's kind of uh, the main strategy uh, of the roster where I'm, um, um, running a couple of uh, mutant madmen and um, spider portals uh, to to play around uh, the prevalence of sort of criminal syndicate and or the impact of criminal syndicate and um, black order and how they dislike uh, pay to flips uh, standard reasons for playing. <laughs> a lot of them it's not just the criminal syndicate a lot of these like super brawly tall teams don't like them either you know if you're trying to play magneto jugs thanos they do not want to be playing on spider portals no absolutely yeah. uh tallest don't like it either that is absolutely true um so what sorry what was the three secures again that you you liked for this setup okay so um I, I'm running Spider Portals and Mutant Mad Men, um, and then uh, my particular roster um, is running a Kingpin Criminal Syndicate Splash. So I'm playing uh, Sinister. I'm, I'm playing Sinister Scoundrels as the third. Um, uh, the superpowered tier. scoundrels. Superpowered scoundrels. Yeah. Sinister you... Syndicate scoundrels. <laughs> um. If you were to be doing this as like a more cabal focused team, like, and you're trying to do cabal all the time, did you have a third secure that you would kind of like for the design? So um, the main problem is Red Skull really wants to advance once and generate power on turn one. Yeah. So sure. uh, the other two pay to flips are in the middle of the table. So he is much worse at those two um, as a leader. Uh, so that, that kind of anchors down the list. Uh, you could do, um, because you have, you know, access to mystique and faction, uh, you could play sword. Um, and she, she is just exceptional in sword for this. You know, she just, the first thing they flip, she moves forward, pulls them off and flips it back. And then, uh, so even if you're going second, you're getting two of them, uh, without any contesting so it seems like they could probably play infinity formula as a as a third like that still feels like a really solid one overall for cabal yeah uh i i do really like uh infinity formula i would say that the characters um maybe a split secure would be very good uh so that is infinity formula um because zemo can cross the board really well um and playing all the mobility playing Black Panther, uh, you can just cross the board really well. So you can clean up one side, then cross to the other side very quickly. Yeah, I think that, I think that would probably work, work really solid. But man, even if like, even if you don't love playing the pay to flips there, they are growing more and more in the meta. So just like having a good team that can handle them is important. And even if you're playing a different cabal plan, like this seems like it would be pretty easy to splash in this stuff to like help you play on pay to flips as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Bullseye and Zemo should be in basically all the Cabal rosters. Yeah. Um, they are and they, they are um, kind of the core characters for the affiliation as far as, as, far as I'm concerned. Um, and then, uh, you know, including Mystique and Deception is an option. You, you could also go with something like an Enchantress, but the, uh, the, the actual... Um, Enchantress is great because she can move forward twice and pull somebody in. Uh, or I think it's once and pull somebody in if she's deployed directly in the middle if there's a center extract, in which case she can get an attack. Um, yeah. If she walks once, you're within range. If you do a full medium yeah. move, like if someone's on the center, they're in within range three. Yeah. So so Enchantress is really good in that role as well. Um and, but uh, the the threat value kind of for my list made it so I included Mystique instead of with the card instead of Enchantress because um, I'm playing uh, Ultron, Kingpin, Red Skull, and Black Panther in fours already, which is very four heavy. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't. I wanted another three um, to do that role. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, what were you running for extracts? Is that mostly a little bit more criminal syndicate oriented? Uh, no. Uh, so um, I'm running Montessi formula, um, mostly because the beam is kind of absurd in Cabal because it gives you power. Um, also, I'm, I have Black Panther in the in the roster. Um, so <laughs> he is dumb with beams. Uh, yes, yeah, full reroll beam where it gives you power back is pretty fun. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm running Worthy um, again. Uh, hammers. Uh, Again, because I'm running Mystique, um, and Mystique's uh, is incredible in that scenario, on that crisis. Uh, so you, you can pull in their their if they come and get the mid hammer. Um, so she's she's very good even if you're going second. Um, and then her rapid fire attacks obviously scale extremely well. Uh, so do Zemo's attacks. So since I'm running those characters very often anyway. Um, hammer hammers goes pretty well, um, with the, uh, with the affiliation. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and then I was running struggle for the cube, um, mostly because I am playing a, uh, damaging roster and, um, pretty medium to fast, uh, speed kind of, uh, game plan and getting that, uh, extra speed. Also the damage, because I'm planning on, I, I, I like both the damage portion and the speed portion of it, because uh, I, I'm planning on getting attacks in while running. So uh, Cube is actually really, really good for us. Okay, yeah, I can see that too. Um, so how, how how about how long have you been testing this overall plan? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I, I guess I've been, uh, this is, you know, such, such old characters that, that the, that the ideas uh, for how to play Cabal in various ways have been kicking around for a while, and um, yeah, this particular uh, iteration of it um, is still only a few months old. Right, I was playing a more Criminal Syndicate focused version uh, previously, and before that, um, doing more traditional Cabal stuff. So. Um, and I went through a period where I played quite a few split flank scenarios with like Cassandra Nova, um, who I think is excellent um, in that role. But uh, I guess we can I talk do think about she's that. an underplayed character overall. Yeah, um, and you could play central focused with Cabal. Um, they have a lot of characters that are very good uh, because of the beams. Like uh, Mister Sinister is incredible if you're if you're playing in the center of the table. Um, mostly because he can damage reduce three times in one turn. So you just beam things and stay alive. It's, it's, <laughs> it's actually just really, really good. So um, Cabal just has a lot of just disparate tools, but uh, this is mostly because um, the, the I, you know, you expect a lot of Criminal Syndicate, um, which we did get a lot of Criminal Syndicate in this past uh, tournament that I was in. So um, Yeah, fair amount. So having the uh, pay to flips uh, is... A uh, really good answer. Did this originally kind of evolve from like what would you do with your criminal syndicate roster if you got forced into pay to flips? Oh yeah, that's definitely where it came from. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I was splashing Red Skull into a uh, Kingpin roster, um, Red Skull and Zemo, um, and so I was just running uh, Red Skull, Zemo, Bullseye, Toad. And I was just like, oh, this is just this is just winning games like extremely well, you know. <laughs> it's just like, uh, this just works. So, uh, what, what happens if we make a full roster around? It? <laughs> yeah, that had been something that um, my uh, my buddy Jacob had uh, Jacob Frelinger, Doctor Jake had been kind of struggling with with yeah. like what to do with the Syndicate team when it goes that direction. I think right now he's playing around with a Shadowlands Daredevil build. Um, but I guess, you know, cause you'd I, already have bullseye. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he ha I think fitting in Panther is pretty easy. Like Panther works in syndicate anyway. So you're really, you're, I guess you're finding four slots cause they wouldn't normally have bullseye and toad and right. mystique Zemo red skull. But honestly, like Zemo and mystique are really solid anyway. I don't, I feel like that's very possible for the average syndicate roster to splash. So I'm not sure how much I feel, how I feel exactly about helping these criminal syndicate players deal with my <laughs> tech. 
So we might have to cut that so, out, but uh yeah. <laughs> I I uh I love Kingpin. He is he's uh my favorite character, um kind of uh background wise. Um you know, I I just love uh especially the depiction in Netflix. I, I loved that uh oh, yeah. you know, it was awesome. Very, very well done. Um so if you were to play say say you get your red skull and you you know you won priority and we're doing mutant madmen or spider portals and then your opponent drops you know cubes or spider infected but they choose 17 what's the build you like when you're not playing at 18 okay yeah um at 17 uh i would likely play all right let's see um i'm such an on the fly, uh, sort of thinker <laughs> as far as that. So, um, if I'm going first, I'm probably not going to run Mystique in the in the in in the roster just because I don't have to. In order to get that center objective, I'll probably just um, grab the center objective with Toad if I expect that they're mm-hmm. not playing a very murdery list. So I'll probably just drop Toad in there. Um, but uh, so yeah, you switch depends. Mystique and Bullseye for a for a four threat. So uh, we could play um, – so Skull, Zemo, uh, Panther, Bullseye are kind of um, our uh, most core models here. Um, okay. 10, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and then we have uh, another four threat. Um, I do play Ultron on occasion on that scenario. Yeah, for a mutant um, madman, Ultron's pretty solid. He's got the four yeah, physical. He's, got the four he's very defense. fast. He can just run across the board. I can take Age of Ultron with him because I freed up the card slot um, from Mystique, um, which I which I am bringing. Um, but it's it's too fast to really bring uh, Age of Ultron, so probably I, I won't do that. Um, uh, if you want to grab the middle with him, that's still not necessarily a bad play and be like, hey, I'm gonna my guy that's gonna go into the middle is gonna be Ultron. He's kind of tanky as it is, and even if you like daze him round one and try to KO him round two, like he's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that he is incredible there. Absolutely. Um that's always my thing. Like when I build that like perfect 18 and I'm like, well, what happens when my opponent forces me to 17? Do I still have a good build? Like obviously if it's 16, it's an easy change for you. You drop one of the twos. No, no big deal. That's not, yeah. that's not too hard. Um, and then if you're playing at 19, you just bump one of the twos to a three. I do um, also like just Kingpin grabbing the center. Is also <laughs> yeah. um, so That's a tanky boy. So Kingpin's spender is just, uh, you know, uh, Hail of the King is uh, absurd. So um, in Red Skull, where you can get the power for it and then get some power refunded, uh, he, he is just a very good, strong character. Um, but kind of uh, playing this run and gun uh, style at 17. Um, yeah, I think it would probably be Ultron just for the speed. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I can see that. Was there any other run and gun characters that were like your your eleventh and twelfth for the roster that just didn't quite make the cut? Oh uh, no, um, I um, like I packed uh, a quite a few in- into here already um, <laughs> with uh, sort of the um, the core, and uh, I- I'm pretty fascinated with. Um, having uh, answers for other matchups, right? Um, yeah, for so sure. I, I, I like playing a more um, mid-rangey, you know, uh, have a kind of a um, out-for-anything style. Uh, so, you know, like, um, cutting, cutting like, uh, the Criminal Syndicate splash would be uh, pretty hard, I guess, because uh, anything where they're trying to, like, like playing into a style like a criminal syndicate or a um, a very controlly push style and not having um, those those that criminal syndicate out would be uh, pretty hard for this roster. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. I mean, that super powered scoundrels is such a crazy crisis. Like if you're not web warriors or criminal syndicate or like Wakanda, 
that can be really rough for a lot of other teams. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, I'd have to, I guess, definitely do some more workshopping to, to handle those problems. Like, in mono cabal like it's it's uh i think it's doable um but you have to lean a lot more into the uh, control effects um yeah you'd have to you'd yeah, have to it, really it just changes everything piece. right <laughs> <laughs> it changes things quite a bit yeah i feel that um all right, man. Well, is this a roster that you're going to keep exploring or is this kind of a, a thing that you've kind of wrapped up with? Like, where are you at with it? Well, I'm definitely going to keep playing Cabal. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be running rosters that are similar to this, you know, keep incorporating this um, this sort of package for Flip Secures into my rosters. Um, but, you know, they it might get minimized for... Um, some other styles of play. Um, mostly, I, I, I kind of want to try some Cassandra Nova some more. I think I need to give oh. that a little more time uh, in the in the oven to uh, <laughs> um, try to play that, that sort of uh, split flank style with Cassandra Nova. Yeah, I can certainly see that. She's a character that I feel like I need to try some more myself. I'm sure if Lex is listening to this, she was like, "Oh yes, yes, more Cassandra Nova, more traps." <laughs> yeah, I've I've played all of the Monocle Ball characters. I, w- I went through a stint where I was just playing, you know, Bob and Viper, and just making sure to play all the characters that are just Cabal. It's Cabal is my favorite affiliation. Um, uh, it just it's it's such a fun mixed bag. Um, for me, I, I really like that the like the background is like not super dictated to you. It's uh you you get uh tools from everywhere, so um I I do want to try out uh basically just keep trying more styles with them. That makes a lot of sense. How do you feel about the potential of Hydra being on the horizon? Yeah, that does uh. It's interesting, right? I I do love some mustache twirling, so I'll probably play some some Hydra as well. But uh, it doesn't have quite the I I I really like the kitchen sink aspect to uh, Cabal, so I'll probably stick with Cabal. Um, and uh, but yeah, it seems like Hydra might be really fun to play play these other characters in a different context. Well, and. Um... I'm not sure if you if you had looked at it, but un- under the details in the shop, the Malekith model is a Cabal leader. Yeah, uh, they have. They are heavily implying that at the very least. <laughs> I mean, they straight up said it in the shop that like he is has a le- has a Cabal leadership. Yeah, uh, so I am super excited for that. That seems awesome. Um, I, I uh, you know. It's time to put one of these Age of Sigmar models on the table and start <laughs> smashing some people, I guess, with uh, whatever this elf's going to do. <laughs> yeah, that model looks to me like someone, like Dallas was like, hey, we're going to put a model in, an MCP model that people are going to use for like the Crystal Brush and Golden Demon painting competitions. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what that model was designed for. Yeah, I mean, him doing the ninja pose on top of a flying tiger uh, is uh, pretty uh, over-the-top fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like next Adepticon, there's going to be some of those floating around as people's competition model, for sure. But. I feel like, uh, I, I guess, we, we didn't get to too much of the, the um, core of this topic, right, of playing like various affiliations this way. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I could talk about the cabal for days, though. It's, it's very easy. <laughs> well, that was um, definitely the main part, but there's a, there's other things. Like I've been, like I uh, I was playing around with Web Warriors a little bit. I still haven't quite gotten them to sing for me. Like it's just not quite the right thing. But I was playing. I threw you know having Zemo and Panther in, um, in Web Warriors, and just reminding how much they like to be able to reroll skulls. Like, I'm sure there's still, like, especially now with Moon Knight, there's probably an offensive Web Warriors build out there for the people who want to do that. Like, no, just definitely. <laughs> um, I guess there you're you're leaning into more physical attackers that way, and that is um, dangerous, I guess. But 
there, there's not too much that completely shuts down physical attacks. So uh, if you just physical attack harder, it's probably fine. <laughs> probably true. Um, I mean, I don't know quite if I want to splash Modok there, but man, does Modok like rerolling skulls too? Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, probably Scarlet Witch is is uh, is is really good for rerolls. Uh, no, that's bad in Web Warrior, so you, we're not talking about Wakanda. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody's everybody's good in Wakanda. Um, everybody's good in Wakanda is definitely true. I I, I just think that um, in general, it is good for your roster to be able to both uh, interact heavily with. Um, the crisis and with uh, killing people, um, just having having that mid range style and um, doing doing both uh, very competently is uh, is very strong in and of itself. Well, I mean, even if you want to play Cabal and keep it very aggressive most of the time, you've got to realize that sometimes you're going to face off against teams that are just better than you at it. And so, if you know how to play your team in a more crisis oriented game plan where you're, you're the one who wants to score out quicker while they're trying to KO all your pieces. And you're just like, I know they KO better than I do. Yeah. It's, there's just, ex- just high value in a mix up. Right. Um, and them not knowing what to deploy against you and what you're going to deploy uh, against them. I guess that's dark horse factor um, as well. Um, but um, just being able to, uh, play a little more flexibly um, and kind of outplay your opponent is uh, something that I think can be done in, in this game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so easy to talk about turn one plays and roster design and deployment. And it can often be really difficult to talk about the turn two plays, the turn three plays, the how you're going to close out a game, because those can be so hypothetical. And there's often yeah. not as nearly as much content, which is something that I'm that I'm planning to work on and uh, have been trying to cover with some of the battle reports and stuff. But it's it is hard to get to at times. And this is again a quote from Pat, but you know, emphasis on the play in the counter play, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, it's not all about just switching affiliations or having different characters in your roster. Like, how can you position things differently? How can you use characters in a different way that that ends up giving you an advantage in that situation? I do certainly think, like, the uh, the X-Men suffered from that so much. Like, you couldn't describe how to people how to play them so that they uh, did well from turn to turn. Like, you, people could describe their turn one plays, and then, like, people were fine. That's fine. But then describing how X Men work from uh, and like the later turns because they're they're such a skill intensive uh, affiliation, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. This just took a long time. <laughs> well, and there's really subtle things like when you play X Men on a D, you've got to make really subtle decisions. Like when you have a character is a medium move on a thirty five millimeter base, you kind of like at the point that you're moving to any of the secures. You want to think about what's the most likely secure that you're going to potentially retreat to or move to next. And that's going to determine where you want to be on that D. And that's also something an opponent can look at and see if they're potentially choreographing. Like if, if the character is kind of positioned so that they can fall back to the, like the, the D in front of their deployment zone, you want to keep that in mind, right? Cause like storm, if she's positioned like that, she's not going to make it to the D on your side, but she could make it back to her own. And you have to kind of think about that. And there's a lot of times where I look at it and I'm go, Oh crap. I left this one. I'd like, I would like to move to theirs now, but I didn't position for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, those are sort of like requirements put on you that, that do have a cost, like, um, playing something that's just like simply strong, like, um, the cabal leadership is just, uh, you know, get extra power for making attacks. So you just have to plan to make attacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that is I have the, to roll dice and then I that, get more power. That's the goal. You, you need to make attacks and spin power. Like those are, those are the things you need to focus on. Um, so, uh, you know, having something that's like simple and strong like that does let you also let you think about your plays, like frees up space to think about your plays 
Um, where something more complex like the storm leadership is just like you have to be outside of two so that I can get this cover, and I got to be inside of two of my characters so that I can teleport is uh, just a, such a cognitive load that you're 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 having to you know spin spin plates while you're uh, doing acrobats. <laughs> it is nice though in the late game, right? When you're playing when you're playing kind of a straightforward team, and then you get into that late game where you're behind and you only have straightforward, obvious plays, and you're just like, how do I get myself out of the situation? Plus side about some of those more complicated ones is when you're in that situation, you're like, I'm behind. The game is going to end next turn. What can I do? There's almost always a play with X-Men, which is which can be appreciated. Yeah. There's sometimes yeah. we say, like, Guardians, for instance. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, just... I have to roll this dice, and the dice have to succeed, or I lose is sometimes the play that you can end up in. I guess I have I have a lot of uh you know hot takes about guardians as well but uh I th- I'm I'm one of the Ronan appreciation squad. And, oh uh, sweet. You are welcome here Ben. I yeah. am, <laughs> I was literally just repainting my Ronan last night giving him a bit more of like kind of the MCU scheme cuz I want to I just I I really like him overall and that's one where one of the things I was thinking about mentioning during this cast was I'm kind of surprised that there aren't at least some Guardians players that want to do like a Star-Lord, Ronin, uh, Angela core, which also is, has been very strong in my experience. Yeah, I I, I like... Uh, so Angela, um, she's such a... She's such a scam model, right? Like, she's about scamming you. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And, uh, so I'm not sure, uh, she comes in whenever she can scam and she, she leaves whenever she can't. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I would think the core would be like, uh, Star-Lord Gamora, um, Ronan actually, because she, Gamora is like the more straightforward, just, I just kill you at the top of the turn really well, <laughs> uh, character, but Angela, uh. She is so incredible whenever she's good, though. <laughs> she just, you know, whenever there's two size fours on the table that nobody else is going to throw, she just wins games. She just runs over, throws a size four, runs somewhere else. Runs over, throws a size four, runs somewhere else, and just wins the game that way. It's always so scary when one of the hammers are right next to a size four, and you're like, Angela's across from me. And you're like, if yeah, I pick yeah, this up, I can't Don't go brace. get that hammer. That yeah. is, the, that it's a trap. <laughs> She's gonna walk forward, hit me with a size four, and then actually make it a, a six dice attack in me too. And I might just lose the hammer after that. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely dead, son. You yeah. just don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny because you've done that to me and you did it to me right after I did it to someone else. It was literally the game right before it. <laughs> I did that to someone and then I walked into that oh. same trap because it was my mat. And so I had positioned the terrain and then I was like, oh, man, when you did it, I was just like, God damn it, Charles. You know, I just did this to someone. Why? You know, she's a tricky building throwing lady. You yeah. Know, just... Oh. <laughs> one of the one of the we were just talking i just had a discussion just a couple of days ago we were talking about like our top 10 favorite models in the game just from like a sculpt perspective and yeah angela's definitely in my in my top 10 she's uh absolutely fantastic just the, the just the little excess of those on the ribbons on top of this brutal warrior woman um is fantastic <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought it was funny when she came out. I was like, did the Marvel Crisis Protocol modern day game just make the coolest fantasy model I've ever seen? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, Ben, was there any other affiliations or anything that you wanted to mention during this that you thought had some additional play styles and strategies that, you know, may not be the the traditional? You know, uh I, I certainly have a lot of ideas, but uh, nothing that um, I, I want to see that versatile strategy employed a little bit more. I think that's a great card. And, and the Web Warriors in particular and uh, Criminal Syndicate, I really want to explore the Criminal Syndicate, a versatile strategy as well. Um, well, I know I, I've been I, doing a lot of podcast shout outs in this one, but um, uh, I thought Pat from Across the Bite Frost had a really interesting idea where he did a, a team up event. And he was playing, uh, they were playing all criminal syndicate, but they didn't do the, the, the obvious that everyone's talking about is start Kingpin and then go daredevil at a certain point. And they were starting daredevil, 
but kind of forcing your opponent to play around the leadership because obviously you could switch it during any activation. Oh, and, and so that's and, so that's so strange. That is, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Right. And like the point that he made was that at, at, once you do it, you benefit from both leaderships that round, right? Cause you can do it. Yeah, your last the same activation. Round. Yeah. Yeah. So you've gotten the rerolls all turn, but now when it comes to scoring, you're on the different leadership, which is really the only, the, the main part of that leadership. And so they have to kind of play around it and know that at any point you could just pull that trigger and gain two or three VPs. <laughs> that's cool. That's a, that's a really good, good idea. I, I wish Sin's leadership was just a little better. Um, you yeah. know, that that's, uh, I, I would be playing versatile strategy with like a um, turn one Sin into Red Skull um, all day. If, if Sin's leadership was just a little less clunky. Yeah, I can see that. And obviously, um, I just recorded with Blair, and he just won our qualifier, and he played versatile strategy in all five games. Yeah, it's that's a. I think I think it's a really good card. Um, yeah, I, I do think the Avengers versatile strategy play. Uh, he he did really really well with that uh, hit. Certainly, it was surprising to see him. He he deployed uh, against me with no Avengers assemble. With Bucky and and Venom and uh, versatile strategy. You oh, know, that's right. Like, he didn't even bring Avengers Assemble against you. That's so no, crazy it, to I me. I mean, he had two non-Avenger characters in his in his five characters. So, um, you know, uh, it's still, I mean, Avengers Assemble. I mean, he he probably would have would have been gotten a little bit better use out of Avengers Assemble than. Um, the team up card, the Bucky team up team up. Yeah, he brought till the end of the line, but I yeah, don't that think, didn't get played. Yeah, he yeah. didn't end up playing it. You know, sometimes yeah. you just. I mean, I can so, see why it's still a solid card. He set up for it, but um, I ended up shifting table sides whenever he had his Cap and Bucky next to each other. So, um, he would have had to essentially uh, uh, abandon the important flank, um, in order to continue playing it. So that. You know, those team up cards have a real cost. Yeah, it's and, and that's why I tend to not play them very much. Um, I, I think Ricochet Blast is still really solid because that can be fairly spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really don't like like a lot of people like sibling rivalry. And even if I'm playing Loki and Thor, I really don't want to get stuck into forcing them together. And this is something when we talk about like turn two plays and turn three plays, I want my characters to be able to go where they're needed, not necessarily where I would have to put them to utilize a tactics card. And that can be kind of a cost that isn't really as apparent until you're playing and you're just like, Oh, well, I, um, I, I did not bring a cosmic configuration in my mono, nearly mono red skull list. Um, I have Modok in the roster, you know, and uh, Cosmic Configuration Modok is really good, but I just, I just did not expect to be playing that many central focused crisis where it was going to be very good. You know, one of the things that I've wanted to try in Cabal, and like maybe I will with this roster, is I I've wanted to try Cosmic Invigoration with OG Doctor Strange. Where, yeah, he can just heal the damage off. And, well, uh, and you're, you're you're playing from like a control aspect, right? Where the downside of cosmic invigoration is that you activate again, and now you potentially lose priority. Yeah, but if you just want to push everyone off researcher or something, right? You don't yeah. mind going last. Yeah, and so gaining another activation out of it, and then he pushes everyone, gains power, and is like, and I will just heal back to full. Yeah, he Go has forth. great power generation. So yeah, I think especially I think with Red Skull. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds doable, definitely. Uh, yeah, that might if be I interesting. Try, yeah, if I try your your like your style of roster, I may put Doctor Strange in there and Cosmic Invig for some of those situations where on the right map, I bring so, Cosmic yeah, Invigoration. You would probably play one of the central secure stuff if you were doing that. Um, Maybe with Doctor Strange in the list, um, maybe you would put Research Station in, or maybe you would put uh, even uh, Gamma in there. Yeah, it's still a pretty big risk, but I mean, I could still see utilizing it on Infinity Formula. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
um, or utilize it when someone else forces me into a very central situation where I can pick like the best threat level to like play all of those cool toys. But yeah, yeah that- Doctor Strange getting to activate twice seems a little sad for your opponent. <laughs> so um, yeah, Cabal is one of those. Uh, it, it is so deep. The, the affiliation has a ridiculous amount of characters. I mean, if you get past, um, so Red Skull is the is the issue that people have or sin, depending on what you're looking at. Um, and if you get past the issues you have with Red Skull, so Red Skull um, is not flashy, <laughs> is the main <laughs> thing. that. It, so he is a little under, right? His, th- his, his spender costs, his, his uh, cosmic blast costs one instead of zero. And like, that's like the only thing that's actually, you know, really needs to be changed on his card to bring him to, level with just about like 90% of the game, right? But he he, ha- he does some things that are just so good. Like he plays at any range quite well. He plays at range four with his spender really well. And he plays further from that by just generating power and teleporting people. Um, or he can play up close with his wild push. Um, and he'll, I wanted to mention that I just, he is still a character who has a wild push on his strike, his basic builder. That's not size restricted. Like he can push Dormammu off. uh, The throw on his spender is also not size restricted. Um, Yeah. He he throws whatever the fuck. Yeah. And then wild stuns everybody within one of that. So his, his spender is actually really, really good control. Um, and I generally think of him as a control character, um, where you move your own characters out of the way or into position. And you can also throw enemy characters with his spender. Um, and he can do that often enough because of his power generation rule. Um, and he's tough. He's he's very hard to get an extract off of because of Hail Hydra, um, and just four three three solid defenses. Yeah, I mean four three three, and he's got six health on both sides, right? And that's yes. something that a lot of those old school fours didn't have, but he, that's he right. got away with it. Yeah, Red Skull is good enough, um, and he has an incredible leadership. Yeah, I think. I think people just need to get up and actually fight with him a little bit more. I think people were so used to these games where he just kind of like sat back and supported Modoc, and you just you're you're so used to Modoc just winning games for you. You kind of have to do both, depending on he he is a switch hitter. Um, yes, so he can be where you need him to be. He can be outside of range four. He can be playing the blasting role in range four, or he can be right up in your face, punching you and shucking attacks off to Ultron. Um, which I, I, I did in the tournament versus Dormammu. I like kept pushing <laughs> Dormammu off the point, and, and every time they'd attack me, it would go to my Age of Ultron, Ultron with Hell Hydra. So, um, <laughs> yeah, here, Ultron, take this damage for me, buddy. Yeah, which is uh, the strategy really, really worked. Um, it was it's very good for winning an attrition fight. Yeah, I dig it. All right, man. Well, I think that's probably about it for the main episode. Um, You'll have to excuse me for a moment. I don't know if you've done any articles or other podcasts. Is there any other content or anything that you'd like to give a shout out to? No, 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 no content. Okay. Uh, But we shout out to Zulu's, right? Like great game store up in um, Bothell, um, one of the stores that I usually go to, not irregular to see AMG staffers at. Um, Great, great store. Definitely come play a game with us. We play on Tuesday nights, 6 p.m. I really need to uh, schedule a couple of Tuesdays off and go up there and get games with you guys again. It's been too long. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, come up there, get my shit pushed in by Mystique. That'll be great. <laughs> as long as I just uh, keep dicing you, then it'll keep going that way. I'll just bring I'll bring up a serious roster next time. I promise. Like I was been I've been exper- That's the thing. I experiment with so many different things, and um, and I kind of want to lock in my X Men play like a little bit more because I'm prepping for Lone Star Open. So I might. I might just play some X-Men it, over the next month. It really takes a tournament for me to focus on one one roster and hone it for any period of time. If I I'm not going to do that in free This game is too fun yeah. for uh 
pure competitive grinding. Like it's just too fun to just keep grinding. Uh, so I I do like uh, a little bit of a tournament grind. It's it it definitely breaks up. Uh, it's fun as part of the aspect of the game, but like whenever you're preparing for a tournament and like you can get with your friends and or get with your 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 meta and uh, grind out some winning strategies over the course of a month, right? But uh, yeah, going through and just doing uh, more casual events or casual play and just mixing up your roster is just so much fun in the game that uh, I also uh, just want to do that quite a, quite a bit of the time. Yeah, it's there's so many things to try. Like I think one of the things that like this last month I've been actually playing a lot of uh, Inhumans, and they actually wore me out a little bit because <laughs> I thought I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try these Inhumans, but then it's like super tactical, and I really enjoyed it. But it's also a lot, and it was not really the break that I got with like playing Daredevil Syndicate, where I'm just no. like, I'm trying to killmonger everyone, and it's a blast. Inhumans is a fantastic jank faction. They yeah. they have they they have a ton of it, um, and uh, it takes a lot of it, a lot of lot of time to really process what's what's happening there. But Power yeah. Stone Ronin again, the, do do some do some Power Stone Ronin, have them hand out power to everything. It's, it's really <laughs> really it. great. I'm all I'm on board for any ro- pro Ronin talk. Um, but uh, all right. Well, I think this is where to end the primary episode. Um, ben and I are going to do a little little bonus content for those subscribing on Patreon. Going to talk a little bit about the Seattle and Pacific Northwest meta and what where our takeaways are going forward. Um, but until we get to that, I'm going to say the most OP thing that you can do is move Mystique range two forward towards that center secure or center extract and just dare your opponent to come forward and say, do you feel lucky, punk? Well, do you? <laughs>